0: This episode of Full Nerd: Windows 11 a flop, laptop gaming pra- Jesus, I speeded that up. <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> too many, huh, huh? Like too many. Uh-huh. Huh? Nah, 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 it's too uh-huh. In this episode, full. Uh- <laughs> All right, back to the old days. In this episode of the Full Nerd is Windows 11 a flop, gaming laptop price increase and new GeForce card. Kind of. Welcome to episode 199 of uh, Full Nerd, and I'm <laughs> flubbing everything this morning. Obviously, it's been a busy morning. <laughs> I'm your host,
1: Gordon Mong with co-host Brad Charkas. My job's much easier. Hello, Internet.
0: And Adam Patrick Murray is controlling the vertical and horizontal.
1: Uh, I gotta say,
2: I, I'm excited for the, the end of the year. We have some fun stuff coming up, but I, I get emails whenever we get notifications for... Uh, reviews that are left on our podcast you should leave a review over on whatever podcast app you're you're listening on but we just got one in recently that uh warmed my heart i, I want to read it it's from uh this was posted on november 25th over on apple podcasts uh and they give us five stars uh, it was zach to the win said uh, the title was good good to learn new things uh, and the description or the, the comment was, uh, I was looking to buy my own PC and I listened to this podcast. I learned so much and bought my own. A great podcast for learning. Hey, glad you, uh, joined the, the, the PC family. Glad to have you. Glad you, uh, joined the, the full Excellent. Earth family. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's awesome. I, I love getting comments like that. It, uh, it's, it's better than all the negative
0: YouTube comments we get. So, but it's true though. Every yeah. time you leave a comment on, on a
1: review, it, uh, a new person buys a PC. Look, it actually worked out. There you go. <laughs> that comments like that are like ninety five percent of why I do what I do. Actually, so I super touched by that. Thank you for that.
2: Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, but y- you know what uh, might bring us down a little bit is uh, Windows eleven adoption rates. It, it, it sounds like there might be a little bit of uh, maybe
0: not 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 full numbers yet, but yeah. Know, what, what are they looking like? It, it's, it's not looking good. It's not looking good, and I, I do want to caution that you know there there isn't a lot of data, but I think the community really has it out against Windows 11. Clearly, for people on you know Sandy Bridge boxes, you're you're definitely against it. But um, the, the, basically, there's a survey from Landsweeper, and I and that is basically a, a utility that uh, companies run to survey the equipment on their on their networks. And they have surveyed 10 million Windows devices in the business world. That's a very important fact. And I think uh, they're basically, it's it's like 0.21% of 10 million computers that they've looked at.
2: On on business, meaning, meaning IT rolling them out, right? Not your personal upgrade?
0: Yeah. But, you know, I, I think, of course, people then, you know, they see like, oh, my God, like 0.21%. And there's so much... Anger at Windows 11 for um, leaving people behind, that people are happy. Of course, they're like, they're cheering this because they're they're frankly very happy that Windows 11 fails. Um, you know who you are. There really are people out there who, who think this way. And it ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. Uh, and also, I, I think there's sort of one flaw with looking at this kind of information is you're looking at a utility that. You know, for the most part, is using fairly large companies or medium sized companies to manage hardware on a network that nobody's going into offices. No, it's not like I can tell you I have a desktop computer here that I requested, and I have not booted that machine in years (laughs) and literally, right? Because I haven't come back to work at my desk in years. So I think there's a real big flaw in like looking at this data and going, Mm -hmm. oh my God, like that's horrible. Like, I mean, it was like more windows xp machines then there's windows 11 according to this i guess
1: i uh i was looking at my phone contact list and i realized that our conference room i have pinned as my top contact and i haven't touched it in nearly two years at this point
0: (laughs) yeah so i mean people just want to simply see that data they want to rush to judgment and cheer the thing that is going that they can't run anyway you know well you know not not technically so they're just happy to see it fail and they they do want to they are cheering for it to fail and we know that's there you know who you are but I think this data is just simply you know in one when you're talking about big companies if you work at a company that supplies you a computer you know how they are like <laughs> I mean like they give you computers a brand new computer that they somehow bought and it's like It's ancient, right? It's like four years old somehow. Like somehow there's like a special place they buy old computers from to sell to employees as new. Uh, And they also just, you know, big companies, they don't like to upgrade operating systems. It's a huge undertaking because they have to make sure everything works. I've worked at places where they prevent you. The IT department will prevent you from installing security patches until they make sure the security patches don't break your machine. True, yeah. And of course, if you think about how ridiculous that is in a lot of ways, because it's like, yeah, there's a risk of breaking it. But if you have like 5,000 machines where you are opening it up for a zero day exploit for two extra weeks while you like look at it to make sure it doesn't break your image, that to me is kind
1: of crazy. So, yeah, it's per- I, I think, yeah, it's a fun headline. There's a reason we didn't run with it. It's because this doesn't broadly apply. Uh IT, it's an I- IT asset management firm, and everything you're saying is right. Uh, companies, if they were going to upgrade to Windows 11, it's worse than that security patch. They not only have to make sure all that technical stuff works, but Windows 11 looks so different they would actually have to like train people how to use it again. Because oh yeah, we're we're watching full nerd, <laughs> and we we can figure it out. Uh, but a lot of people who had sitting at their desk roles doing their everyday day job are not necessarily tech nerds. So there would be training costs involved and stuff like that. And in general, enterprises are just really slow about upgrading anyway. I was looking over that survey and uh, they said actually 10% of all the devices that they scanned run an end-of-life operating system. So either Windows 7 or Windows XP. And that is common in the business place. But just to lend some credence to kind of the gist of what they're saying... I went and I looked at StatCounter's data as well. StatCounter is a analytics firm that does monthly updates on browser share, operating share, and system share, and stuff like that. <clears throat> and through November, uh, it didn't even have a Windows 11 listing. It was just included as part of Other, and Other had, like, a minuscule amount.
0: Yeah, and then there's another one from... Um Add duplex, and I'm sure that's some kind of plugin they install somewhere, but they're saying
1: 5% of 60,000 machines. So... Ad at, at duplex, they put ad technology into Windows Store apps. So I'm not surprised oh. that they have a higher number. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, higher but also lower because uh, Windows Store apps, although that is changing uh, rapidly, it, it, it doesn't seem like it,
1: there's a lot... And, yeah, but if you're the kind of person who's using Windows Store apps, there's probably a good chance that you are the kind of person who is upgrading to Windows 11. A greater chance, I would say.
0: I guess. And you know, the thing is I know people are going to they're going to hear what, you know, I'm saying and, and Brad's saying and they're going to go, "Oh, you're you're just Windows 11 fanboys defending it." I will tell you the uptake on Windows 11 is it is this is not overnight kind of like install it. I have not elected to install it in any of my daily drivers because you know, I I just you know i just didn't want to deal with it because honestly what right it's not have you, finished
1: have you done it's any not finished i have a laptop i have a laptop that came with it pre-installed the acer vero uh so i have been playing with it but there's no way i'm gonna install it on my desktop right now like i've said this in the past copy and paste for windows 10 did not work for three years and <laughs> the taskbars not even finished in windows 11 so i'm in no rush to yeah put that on my pc that paid a lot of money for
0: yeah no i mean there's a i mean again despite what i'm saying here and brad was saying is like you know don't be like oh my god it's a flop it's like it is not a flop but yeah i still have a lot of major issues with 11 for myself at this point i like i like the whole copy and pasting like it just drives me nuts i like i had to figure out like how do i copy and paste it's like you have a major problem when People can't do the most basic functionality of your operating system. You know what, really? And this is now this is the time when we were defending Windows 11. Now it's time to rag on it and Microsoft. And I think, you know, what kind of bugs me the most is I, I read a column and it said I like Windows 11 because as a Mac user, putting the taskbar in the center or putting start menu in the center is more like a Mac. Have have I talked about this before, Adam? You did. I think you probably read this. It still bugs me. (laughs) (laughs) It still bugs me that anybody, like, I was like, oh, my God, that's right. Like, because it's like for Chrome, to make it friendly to Chrome and Mac users, it's like, that is just like, so you're, I just, just to slap in the face. That's not even like. That's not even like an open. That's like a that's like a fist slap. I think basically on the side of your face to everybody who's used Windows and has always had the Start menu on the left side since like Windows ninety five, right? And then now Going you do like use, to man. to be friendlier to Mac and Chrome OS users, you move it like that's just that is just the rudest thing in the world. That is just I
1: think that's just horribly rude. So, I'm I'm certainly I mean, have I, issues I can get around all that stuff. Uh, and there are, are some utilities you can do to fix some of this stuff. Uh, start all back. Start. Uh, what is it? Uh, Start 11 is the one that Stardock has. They're both great. They're both five bucks. They give you a lot of the functionality that we're complaining about, but you shouldn't be having to pay third party tools to have basic operating system control.
0: (laughs) And I, I I think the thing that insults me the most about that, because it is an insult is it just takes you for granted. Now, granted, Mm -hmm. what are we going to do? I'm not going to move to a Mac OS. I'm not going to go to Chrome OS as a primary machine. So you're stuck, but it's just the, the insult. To the entire user base, there is is what kind of kind of galls me with that.
1: Yeah, and then you well, know, the,
0: the last time there was a lot of talk, like because you know that start start eleven, that was mm-hmm. a really big thing with this really wonderfully successful operating system called Windows mm-hmm. eight, right? Because that was the big deal with eight. It was such a break of the UI. It just like everybody's brains just kind of like stopped working for a few months. That was a big deal to install start eight to make it <laughs> you know run right. <laughs> And it felt it felt like Windows 8 never really recovered. Now I'm going to say this: having used a Windows 8.1 desktop up until three months ago,
1: because
0: <laughs> I was just too lazy to upgrade. 8.1 was a lot better. It was, yeah. And the funny thing is, to to go back to actual Windows 8 was kind of crazy. But Windows 8.1, even though it was just sort of a half half, you know, it wasn't like it, it wasn't the full deal. But you you do wonder if like if if like Start Eleven is like oh my god like this this is awesome for us because now we can sell, <laughs> we can sell hundreds of thousands of licenses to make the the OS useful again. It's just like that's just getting off to that bad start. Is like how do you recover from that? You know.
1: Yep, yep. It is. I consider Start Eleven like if I had to upgrade my computer to a le- Windows Eleven, I'd consider it a must install utility at this point. And they're that's rough. That's a rough place to try to come back from. But they're going to. I mean. I think everything about Windows 11 from the UI to the hardware restrictions to everything is really Microsoft drawing a line in the sand and saying this is how it's going to be from now on. So I think that's just what it's going to be, unfortunately. They're starting to listen because one of the big gripes about Windows 11 is that it makes it a major pain in the butt to change your default browser. You can't just say, "Hey, I want to use Chrome for everything." You got to go and say, "I want to use Chrome for HTML, for PDF, for all these you know esoteric stuff." Uh, but there's right now they're they're working in the dev channel to update that, so they are listening and trying to make improvements. But Windows 11 is definitely off to a rocky start.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's really rocky start, but it is nowhere near, say, Windows Vista or Windows Millennium no. or you know, I mean, Windows 8 was honestly not a bad operating system outside the the UI, but. You know, Windows 7 was really, well, Windows 10 was really a reskinned skinned 8, right? So,
1: and- but I will give Microsoft some credit here, actually, because I think part of the reason that we're not seeing as quick adoption as we did with, say, Windows 10 uh, is because they're not acting slimy this time around. Uh, for the Windows 7 to Windows 10, Microsoft acted super-duper slimy, Uh Forced upgrades using dark patterns with the UI to trick people in upgrading. If you didn't answer it, it would just upgrade for you with no prompt whatsoever. Mm. Like, it was super gross. And they're not doing any of that this time around. They're just saying, hey, Windows 11 is here. It's available to you if you want it. Click this button if you do. So to give Microsoft credit, that's the right way to do it rather than forcing it on people. And they're doing that this time around. So
0: hmm. no, that's that's good to know. I'm just trying to rem- trying to remember like people being tricked into that. That'd be pretty bad to wake up in the next morning, like, what the hell my
1: ex my ex was she was very, very upset. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. I actually got interviewed by the BBC over articles I wrote back then because mm-hmm. I was very much leading the charge against what is this crap you're pulling on people?
0: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the funny thing is, I understand, because from Microsoft's point of view, they can't have people living on Windows XP for 50 years, right? That's just not, that's not no way to run a business or anything. You can't survive doing that, and it's simply not safe. But it feels like for the PC crowd, maybe I don't know if it's just because it's older or something, Or but like UI changes, and maybe for me, like UI changes really just, they gripe me, like... They they make me so angry. Like I was using Google Maps the other day. Holy smokes! Like I can't figure out anything in Google Maps anymore. Like I was like, <laughs> I was literally talking to Elena. I was like, is it better on on iOS? Because I'm seriously going to just trash this stupid Android operating system for iOS because I can't stand Google Maps. Because it's just like everything. You can clearly see that everything is an ad, and the UI is just sort of like the crazy thing with with phones is they they're willing to change the entire UI experience. And just have you lost for days and they don't even care. Right. Whereas on the PC, you know, you move the start thing to the, to the middle and we're coming up with pitchforks and forks. Right.
1: So that's, that's, that's a good thing though. I think, cause like I was saying earlier, most people aren't nerds like us. Most people are like, I know how to do this exact thing that I need to do to buy what I want to on Amazon, to do what I need to in windows, click the E, the E means the internet on my desktop. So moving fast and breaking things is not great for that crowd. And I think the PC has a lot more people like that. Yeah. Although, you know, it's funny
0: because I think back to, it might have been Windows, was it XP? XP adoption rates, I remember, of course, this is a, you know, different, this is a different era, but the Windows XP adoption by gamers was huge. Like, it was like within like, it felt like six months, every single gamer had moved over to, to XP. I mean, the previous OS was kind of, you know, lousy but i remember the xp adoption was incredible i don't know what the the gamers are adopting windows 11 at this point i don't see that either at this so there's just a lot of sort of like bad indicators
1: what stinks is there's actually some really cool gaming tech baked into windows 11 they have that uh direct storage stuff that's coming out auto hdr if you're one of the few people who has an hdr monitor that's dope as hell but uh or heck sorry sorry disney but uh <laughs> Yeah, they really dropped the ball. They should have had like Halo Five just came out. They should that should have came out on the PC with direct storage support enabled on day one, mm. uh and I think that would have been a selling point for Windows 11. But it's not. So
2: yeah, no. Well, but it, and it's uh, we have people in the chat who are like, hey, I, I have Windows 11 on my machine, works fine. Some people are, you know sticking on windows 10 or doing a mixture of both. Uh, but I do have a $5 super chat from old timey boy friend of the show. Thank you so much. VC jester, uh, said I'll take any OS that won't let Topaz labs drop 12 new icons on my desktop when I install their package.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do they limit icon installs on the desktop? I guess so. huh? Or is it an option? I, I, I honestly don't remember with, uh, with the windows 11 testing. Um, you know, one thing, and I do want to point out, I've been looking, because we talked about this in a previous podcast with your your good security buddy, mm-hmm. and I agree. I think he said the metric of Windows 11, you know that they have blown it if OEMs get, let you pick.
2: Laptop OEMs, yeah.
0: Right. Yep. Well, yeah, Mostly. I mean, anybody, yeah. right? Yeah. So, And I was looking... And when it first came out, there were a lot of laptops that let you pick Windows 10 and 11, and then there were a lot. Honestly, a lot of those were laptops that previously were built with Windows 10, and they probably hadn't, you know, updated drivers and made sure that everything works with it. So they're not gonna they're not gonna send a broken product to somebody with with 11 unless everything's updated. And I, so initially, it looked like oh, actually you're getting an option. But I went back and I checked a couple large OEMs and. It was Windows 11 for the so top of the line laptops, which are the ones that get, the you know, the best service and support, you know, so they get the newest drivers, UFIs and all that stuff. Those are Windows 11 only. There's no option to go to Windows 10. So and you can imagine that's going to eventually trickle down to even the cheaper laptops that might be still Windows 10 because they're not going to invest engineering resources to make sure the thing works with Windows 11 before they sell it. So in the end, as much as the haters want to hate on it, I you know Windows eleven will be the predominant operating system. It won't may not be twelve months, it may not be two years, but it will be eventually. So
1: I, I think honestly, I don't think low adoption rates off the bat Microsoft will really care about. Because like I was saying, I think they consider this the lie in the sand. Uh yes, nerds can go force Windows eleven onto their computers, but a lot of computers like Everything from 2018 bef- and before aren't going to be supported. A lot of ones that have been since then still haven't gotten offered the update. I think they're looking at this as you're going to get a new laptop, and eventually all these new laptops are going to have Windows 11. Right. So it's going to be a slow run. So that might be why they were willing to ship it in such a half-finished state, uh, because they figured they have some time to fix it uh, with it getting tested in the wild. Uh, just a little side note, I actually pulled out a laptop from that I hadn't touched Since the early Windows 10 era, this one I had gotten for review, they never sent me a return slip, so I just had this laptop sitting in a box forever. Uh, And I pulled it out, and in that early build of Windows 10, they didn't support jump lists, Uh, copy and paste on the taskbar, copy and paste was broken, all that kind of stuff. Like, we all love Windows 10 where it's at right now, but it, it also started out, you know, not so polished.
0: Yep. Yeah. People were not happy initially, too.
2: Uh, speaking of not happy people and laptops, uh, do you think right now is the best time to buy a laptop, Gordon? Because maybe the prices are going to increase. What's going on here?
0: Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> so, of course, people are buzz over um, a tweet from uh, Razor's uh, CEO, Um uh, Min, he's just basically known. You know, you know you've made it to the world when people just call you Min and everybody knows. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know Min, right? Because Yeah, Razer is CEO, right? Uh, he tweeted, quote, just had a long meeting to review our gaming laptops line for next year. Looks like there are significant increases in component costs, etc. And we'll be seeing price increases for next-gen gaming laptops across the board. Uh, including the Razer Blade next year. Hmm. So of course people are like, "What? That's and, ominous." Yeah, that's ominous. Of course he doesn't say how much exactly it's going to increase and I actually asked um I just kind of asked around too and yeah, this is not just simply, you know, he he was, you know, just saying this to get people riled up, but um people I have talked to said, "Yeah, that pricing should go up. Will go up next year." Um it's not necessarily from like the small chips and, you know, or, or, or ports or plugs that go into a laptop. It is mostly from, uh, prices of parts, uh, the, the big parts you care about, namely, you know, uh, Nvidia and Intel. So those are going to go up. And then you also factor in uh, logistics have been going up anyway. It's basically at like two and a half to three times at this point. So everything has been driving the prices up and, um, So yeah, prices are going to go up next year. It's interesting because NVIDIA, I can see because NVIDIA is like, what are you going to do? You know, I, although I would think I would have expected them to moderate things because they sort of expect more competition, but maybe it's not going to show up next year from them because competition is what drives prices down. Right. So I guess they don't really expect Intel to show up and mess up things.
1: Yeah, we're going to have to see. NVIDIA, I think, I've we have, I've talked about this in the past, I think has been steadily working to increase the price even before all this has happened uh, of its GPUs, and I think they will be very hesitant to drop back down because they're doing gangbusters. They're making money hand over fist. Uh, and I'm not surprised to hear what you're saying where they're saying it's probably the big chip costs that are going to be a big part of the laptop price increases because uh, NVIDIA, to some degree, uh Intel for its graphics chips and AMD for everything. I'll go through TSMC and TSMC earlier this year said, Hey man, we're jacking our prices 20% next year. So those, those are going up. Those get passed along to us.
0: Yeah, no. And that's a really good point. Cause I think a lot of the reaction from the internet is like, Oh, Nvidia's just decided to jack prices up because you know, they somebody wants to buy a, a new supercar or something like that. That's, that's, not necessarily what is going on, but a lot of it is just the increased costs of everything that they're paying. I mean, logistics went up for them, too. So logistics went up for manufacturers. The price of the, the, the silicon has gone up. Everybody, this is just sort of the thing that's sort of boiling everybody to death, why I now pay 50% more for the cereal that I've eaten for the last three years. So it is yep. It is pretty terrible.
1: Although, yeah, inflation sucks.
0: You know, but I, I still think that I I would have expected, um, because next year we're we're going to see Alder Lake Mobile obviously because they are they've already announced that there's going to be an uh, Alder Lake parts they've already basically talked about what's what's in them sort of so we're going to see Alder Lake and Mobile. I would have expected. I mean, I know Tiger Lake is already in a great spot mostly against Ryzen, so I mm-hmm. I would have thought prices wouldn't go up because. I I would have thought that on the GPU side they would want to they would want to compete so we're, for we're Intel gonna,
1: I, we'll know by the end of the first quarter how things are going to shake out I think uh, where Intel prices its desktop graphics cards is going to tell us a lot about how 2022 is going to go on that front I think yeah although
0: I, the other thing too is like because I will say the when I talk to people they're like yeah Intel price is going up. Nvidia prices going up. I ain't hearing people saying AMD prices are going up. So, I I don't know if that's just simply because AMD hasn't forecast how much stuff is going to cost, or they have largely... They have had a, a... in This last year for AMD has been spectacular. Like, beyond expectations, I would think, for anyone getting into gaming laptops, getting into pre, you know premium ultra portables, that's in AMD's entire existence, you could really never get a premium laptop based on AMD. It was they was always the the secondary brand that nobody wanted in a laptop. Now it's really like, yeah, gaming laptop, premium laptop, you know, OLEDs and all that stuff. It's right there, and I think mm-hmm. they've and that's in their entire history. Believe me, I've I've watched AMD for a long time. In their entire history, they have never been in the position they've been in with laptops as they are right now if they could only have (laughs) more chips to put in those laptops, I feel like they could have put a bigger dent into Intel and NVIDIA, but they just never, they just, it feels like they never had enough parts
1: to really make a difference. Yep. And I'm not surprised hearing all that, that you're not hearing that AMD is necessarily increasing prices. Uh, Part of it might be simply because Intel and NVIDIA is like the power combo and the vast majority of laptops, uh, and what you're saying is very true. And remember that AMD got to where it's at today because it was very aggressively priced on the desktop. And then it took that success and brought it over to the laptops. And now they're just, they're starting to do that. They're hitting their stride in laptops like you were just saying. They're going to want companies to start using their chips. So they might be incentivized to keep costs down. So yeah. that's... But that's, I,
0: that's why I was sort of expected maybe NVIDIA and Intel to like, well, well, we need to, to be more competitive with AMD. But then i'm sure nvidia and intel are looking at look at how many parts you're gonna ship it's like you're not even gonna like we ship more than like three months than you do in a year probably so hmm. it's it's probably from their point of view not going to make any difference but i just feel like I, if they just had more capacity they could they could really help with prices and everything this this year so this next yep, year i agree and they're already like there this,
1: i feel like at this point uh all of these companies. Are going. We're going to sell whatever we make, so we might as well make as much money as we can off of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that is that is the uh, unfortunate or fortunate uh, side effect of capitalism. That's you serve your you you serve the people who gave you your money and want their money back. So that's hmm. that's ultimately who they care about. So
1: I w- I was however pleasantly surprised by how many pretty awesome laptop deals that we saw over Black Friday though because. Uh, Intel coming into this season was saying, hey, you know, because the chip shortages, we're expecting the vendors to be focusing on high-end systems so that you won't be seeing as many low-end systems, you won't be seeing as many deals. But that wasn't true whatsoever. We saw a ton of awesome laptops on sale. And so if you went shopping this Black Friday, at least, you probably came out pretty good. So that was a rare moment of sunshine in 2021.
0: Yeah, and I have to say that that was really kind of a shocker to me because some of those deals were really good. I, I mm-hmm. thought they'd be like, oh, there's going to be nothing. But it's kind of funny, I think, because laptops are closed systems. Largely, miners are not going to snap them up, they're, you know, and you're not. There's such a big investment that the scalpers are not playing there either, mostly, because it's just like, why would you do it? Right. It's just too risky. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like you could sort of see how the PC would have been if it wasn't for scalpers and miners. So because the supply never it got a little tight. It's been a little tight for high end gaming laptops, but it felt like you could you can always find one unlike. Mm-hmm. And you could find it at a at a more expensive price. But that was typically because you're getting 32 gigs of RAM or two terabyte SSD or all these other sort of extras the vendors had put on there to, to up the margins. But you could you know it wasn't like we're just going to charge you more and you get nothing for it at least you were getting hardware for the difference in in laptops so
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and even on those high end systems that were that are slightly more hard to come by than the lower end systems like you're still seeing some deals on those too so there is competition going on there so you know encouraging mm-hmm. uh, i'm i'm speaking of that uh the Razer Blade is you know Razer's a very boutique company not boutique they're a big company they're a brand company i would call them let's say uh so their stuff tends to be more expensive to begin with they actually don't ship in a lot of volume compared to the lenovo's and dell's and hp of the world yeah so what i'm going to be curious to see next year i expect prices to go up for some of these smaller brands and i expect them to go up for the bigger brands too but i'm curious to see how much of a difference there is there due to you know just mass scale
0: I And plus, you know, if, going back to Min's tweet, I was kind of like, what does this mean when he says, you know, for next-gen gaming laptops, including the Razer Blade? I was like, what? Because, I mean, the Razer Blade is basically, an you know, an Ultrabook. It's basically, you know, IGP. It's been an IGP-based laptop for a long time. We're not talking about the, right? And we're talking about the Razer Blade Pro. Is that what the one that gets? Uh, Yeah. I mean, yeah. Razer Book. Oh, wait. God, I've lost other... I don't understand why he said specifically Razor Blade. So I was like, "Are you saying IGP?" So that's sort of, sort of saying the cost from Intel will go up in a way. It felt like.
2: Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. there's the. I mean, Razor Blade is just their their normal line. Razor Book is the uh, the thin and uh, light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I so was Razor like, Blade is, or I guess there's e- even Razor Blade Stealth. I mean, everything's yeah. designated as Blade. Yeah.
0: So I guess even IGP will go up, which sort of like is a way of pointing finger at at Intel. Or AMD, if I don't, I think they do have a Razor Blade based on a, on yep. the Ryzen part.
1: Yeah, they made a big deal about it.
0: So I, I yeah, I was like, kind of like, it feels like everything's just gonna go up. And you know, um, I kind of wonder too if it sort of tells us Intel increasing pricing for Alder Lake mobile to me also says like, hey, this this is gonna be a smoking part, right? Because I a lot of people I think look at Alder Lake desktop, which you know can't be a serious consumer of power and like you put that into a laptop it's 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 gonna it's gonna levitate off of the thermals from from the thing (laughs) on the bottom of the laptop but i'm guessing that sort of tells you that if they're going to increase prices performance is going to probably be quite a quite a bit more impressive i guess you know target lake is is um is impressive but it's it's definitely a very hot part so i'm I'm wondering if people's assumptions on Alder Lake are really kind of wrong because
1: this I part- am pretty I'm pretty pumped for Alder Lake in laptops after seeing what they do in desktops because Tiger Lake is pretty good like it's very good they're very good chips Tiger Lake chips are uh, but the much better than Rocket Lake was on the desktop but it was such a huge jump going from Rocket Lake to Alder Lake seeing what they're doing there man that just makes me more excited to see what they're going to do in laptops to be honest.
0: Yeah, so maybe that's, it's kind of, I think that gets to the question, like, well, if it price is going to go up, should I buy a, you know, should I buy a current generation laptop? I'm like, uh, I, I don't know. You know, I, I yeah. It depends you, on what you do with it. It depends on what you do yeah. with it. And, you know, honestly, you're not wanting for any of these high-end uh, laptops, especially gaming laptops. They are just spectacularly la- la- right. gaming laptops. But, like, you always kind of wonder, like, oh, what does that mean? Is it, if they charge a couple hundred bucks more, am I going to get, like... You got to imagine it's going to be a nice jump in performance. So I don't know. That I really don't know what to say there, you know. Yeah. Uh a question I have going back to the
2: men announcing this on Twitter. Not many companies really do a a public announcement like that on on the Twitter, right? Usually they kind of just want to be like, "Oh, hey, here's a new uh line. Oh, by the way, it's a little more expensive." Uh,
0: like why why would he do this? I, yeah, I don't know. I guess I kind of wonder, because you sort of would think, and that's the the, the scary thing of him doing this now, it might be like, oh, well, yeah, you know, prices might go up 200 bucks, 300 bucks next year. Maybe it's like $500. dollars like, oh, you know, I'd, I don't know, right? You kind of wonder, like, if he's preparing people for the pain of like, just like, hey, mm-hmm. we're going to charge Apple prices next year. <laughs> and, you know, Razer isn't exactly like
1: a low cost laptop, so. I think Razer works hard to be open and communicative with their audience as well. Like, they make stuff based off of user polls. They're always saying, what do you want to see, and doing stuff like that. So I think that's playing into it, just like, hey, just so you guys know, it's going up. We don't want to. It's coming. We saw the same thing happen with graphics cards, if you remember. Feels like forever ago, but the very beginning of this year, it was Asus and EVGA who actually came out and said, yeah, you know, The prices are going up. We know they already suck, but they're going up even more next year because of tariffs, because logistics, stuff like that. We're sorry, but it's happening. And I think some companies just try to be more communicative about these changes than others. Hmm.
0: You know, that's a, that's a good point. And I I hope that prepares people for the, you know, then they can't complain, I guess. Like, you should have told me. Of course, maybe it's just simply like, hey, price is going to go up next year maybe you should buy current inventory you know <laughs> try what we got now I, I mean honestly when i when i heard that news i i knew a couple
2: of people were like oh crap well do we need to buy a laptop right now then <laughs>
1: <sighs> if you need a laptop buy a laptop no matter what time it is true. like that's that's always the hardware recommendation right i think the last 5 years if you go back and look We've always tried to make these predictions, and the only thing we know for certain now is that there's always something that's a roller coaster. Either RAM prices are going up because of something, mm-hmm. all this crazy pandemic stuff is happening, and just nuked everything. Like, just buy what you can afford and what you need when you need it would be my recommendation. Yeah, although I,
0: you know, Tiger is a good, really good part. Mm-hmm. I think Alder will probably. It's obviously not going to have the advantage it did over Rocket or or, or Comet. But I kind of like, for the CPU side, for a gaming laptop, it's still, you know, 90% of games is still very much about the GPU. So I kind of wonder, like, it it really seems to me like if NVIDIA does a new graphics card, it really would suck to have a a 3000 GPU when they come out with a 4000 part, right?
1: It depends on how you look at it. It depends on how you look at it, because we're sitting here talking about Intel's chip prices potentially going up next year. Uh, that's going to get paired with a next-gen NVIDIA GPU, would be my assumption at some point. Maybe not necessarily right away, but a lot of those will be paired with next-gen 4000 series NVIDIA GPUs. And Do you think those are going to stay static in price, even in laptops? I, don't, I think those will also get a price increase. So you're looking at a price increase from both. So I think laptops right now are in a great place. And if you need a laptop right now, if you pick up an ART, A and B Advantage laptop or a Tiger Lake slash NVIDIA laptop, like you'll be happy with it. So, yeah. uh, I, I wouldn't worry too much about it if you think you need to buy one right now. Yeah.
0: yeah, and you know, also want to point out, I mean, the increase in performance from 2000 to 3000, despite a change in process. Especially in a in a thermally limited laptop was not you know huge. It was it was better, but it didn't like make you go oh my god my two thousand laptop is worthless now. It didn't. I would imagine you know the four thousand series, especially because of the the thermal and power limits of a laptop, might be closer than. But you never know, right? They could like whip out the, the you know area fifty one stuff and like oh what this is mm-hmm. like spectacular, but. i I just Uh, yeah.
2: I I I got a couple questions. Uh, the The chat was talking about DDR five. Could this be because maybe DDR five is trying to make its way to laptop?
1: Well, I was thinking that as well.
0: It could. The advantage for you know DDR five is increased you know bandwidth because of the additional channels, and then also lower power potentially than DDR four. Um, I I just. I I'm not, I'm not sure what the issue is with DDR five as far as is it just simply you know there's just not enough supply of them but I can't imagine the vast majority of gaming laptops will be DDR um, five I'm sure there might be some high end SKUs based on it because you know there's no reason not to put DDR five in in a in a in an older like laptop but I I do wonder like if you can't buy ddr5 and it's the best thing to have why should i buy anything right so that's i would think they would go with ddr4 for the vast majority of laptops
1: i would think so but that could also be an upsell thing for vendors as well if they're able to actually secure ddr5 so i wouldn't be surprised if a higher-end laptop like the razer blade would go to ddr5 for that reason and like uh, high-end gaming laptops or creator focused laptops uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see DDR5 pop up in those, but I, I would think that most laptops under, like, $1,500, bucks will still be DDR4. Oh,
0: yeah, definitely. I just, but even, like, even at the high end, I wonder if there's enough supply, because it, it feels <laughs> like you don't want to, like, build a roadmap where you can't sell anything because you can't get DDR5. Like, you're just, like, <laughs> sitting waiting for DDR5. That would just stink. But Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh- the other good question came in from a friend of the show, old-timey boy, uh, asked, do you think the laptop makers got their component orders in a legally binding contract before Global Heck ensued, and now those orders are fulfilled, they have to finally pay market price?
1: Yeah, you'll never know. <laughs> There's yeah. a chance. Well, yeah. at this point, you got to remember, this started a year and a half ago, two years ago. Like, you're not signing contracts for two years' worth of supply, typically. Like, some of the bigger companies might, but I would not be shocked if most of these companies forecast a year out, let's say. We're well past that at this point, so probably yes, I guess.
0: I kind of wonder even if – even with some of those contracts, like – you know how lawyers are. There's always an escape hatch somewhere. If suddenly, your <laughs> your your costs have gone up as a supplier by a thousand percent. You're not going to still sell it to them for the you know. There's there's got to be some you know. They'd, it's probably better to declare bankruptcy for some of the companies if it were that bad. So I don't know. I speculation basically. All right.
2: Well, speaking of other parts that uh, are hard to get our hands on, it sounds like uh, Nvidia's got a new GPU. We we talked about it last show. Uh, but now it's it's official, huh?
1: Officially unofficial as of a few days ago. Uh, yeah, the RTX 2060 12GB is here. Uh, I guess it was actually formally announced today. Uh, we saw Zotac, GainWord, Galax, and Gigabyte uh, all announce RTX 2060 12GB cards today. I find it somewhat interesting that it is more of those aging companies. Uh, I wonder if there's anything... You know, meaningful there, but there's going to be no Founders Edition version of this card. Uh, NVIDIA never put out a blog post about it, never announced pricing. Uh, it's only going to be available through third parties. Uh, the way that the world found out about it is that NVIDIA basically ninja edited its RTX 2060 specs page on its website without telling anybody, and somebody noticed that, hey, there's a 12 gigabyte version now. Huh. Uh, <laughs> huh. So, hey, mm-hmm. it's here. uh so it launched today uh in those you know third-party forums uh i haven't found any in the us i didn't have much time to look but looking around the world like you can find some in europe you can find some in asia and prices are looking to run roughly 450 to 700 for one of these things so, people who were thinking that it was going to be the budget revival, uh, you know, the Superstar Savior, uh, no, unfortunately. Uh, when they, no company has offered these for review. Like I said, NVIDIA has never even announced the product. Nobody reached out and said, this is coming to me. They didn't put a press release out. None of that. Uh, earlier... Before this launched, some sites were saying, hey, this is going to be the response to mining. Like, you know, this is going to be a way to get more GPUs on the streets that miners aren't going to be interested in. And I was saying, like I said last time that we were talking about this, that's not true whatsoever because it has 12 gigabytes and it still mines fine. Uh, And it turns out that these cards actually don't have the light hash rate technology baked in. So there is a review site in China called PC Market that somehow managed to get a hold of one of these for review for today's launch. And they ran mining tests on it. And since it doesn't have light hash rate technology in it, it mines Ethereum at 31.6 megahashes a second versus the 3060s 22.1. So it is – and while drawing less power. So it is more power efficient – and significantly better at mining than the rtx 3060 is so this is definitely not an anti-mining savior
0: well I was it is the video. though it is though in a say. way yeah right because um if you're a miner it's all about efficiency am i going to buy a 3060 and lose out money or like i can get a 2060 12 gig right and then mm-hmm. so like so that miner is not buying, snapping up every single 3060. Now they're buying 2060 12 gigs. It's sort of like you make that like... NVIDIA has like set out this big pile of old poo for the miners to buy, right? Like, oh, you want this one. And then now the gamers who couldn't get 3060s now are like, hey, we get the 3060s now because all the miners are buying the better mining card. And, you know, you would definitely want a 3060 over a 2060 for gaming. And that, to me, is is a overall positive
1: development for gamers yeah, yeah actually i i kind of agree with that but the fact that these are all still profitable means you're not going to be able to get any, of yeah, any way. Yeah. but i mean anything but if yeah. ethereum starts to drop down yes that'll be true maybe hopefully in a few months <laughs> <laughs> i was watching uh there's a youtube channel that does a lot of leaks he has very good track record sometimes but is hit and miss at other times so i don't cite him very often uh a popular one amongst the tech nerd crowd here Uh, Moore's Law is dead. He was saying his sources say the reason this isn't getting hyped up is because uh, they're using it mostly as mining cards. They expect these to be used to supply miners, uh, and they're launching this in graphics card GeForce form, just as kind of like ground cover for that, to say, hey, we put this out kind of a deal. But it's really expected to go more towards miners. And after seeing the stats about mining and all the way that they launched this. Mm. I haven't heard that. I haven't had those sources, but that has an Arab truth smell to it. Mm. Uh, So, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, no. And and whoever that, that person is, is is really well sourced. And, but I still think if you're going to sell, I don't know what the inventory is, but let's say, say 20,000 parts. Mm -hmm. If you put 20,000 parts that are better at mining it makes 20,000 3060s less attractive to the same. So, we, you know, could help a little bit. But yeah, I know. it. I have no expectations that suddenly you'll be able to buy a 3060. Well, yet. unless what uh, it should cost. Old Timey
2: Boy makes a good point. Um, hopefully, uh, the 2060 chip won't have to compete with fab space, meaning that hopefully they can make more. Uh, so, yeah.
0: Well, it's an
1: older process, yeah. too, right? It's from TSMC, yes. Yeah, an older process is at TSMC. So it's not Samsung new process, which is what the RTX 3000 series is. One yeah. thing that's actually interesting from a uh, ignoring mining perspective, just GeForce gaming graphics card perspective, uh, when the stats mysteriously appeared on NVIDIA's website last week, uh, we noticed that the CUDA count actually matches the 2060 Super. Uh, but it turns out that it has... Yes, 12 gigabytes of memory, but a narrower memory bus. So there was another site called Benchmark Lab that managed to get one of these in for review from somewhere. And they found that that narrow memory bus actually makes a big difference. And this 12 gig RTX 2060, despite having those extra CUDA cores, really does perform like a 2060. So or closer to a 2060 than a 2060 Super. So don't let the CUDA count fool you on this one. Interesting. If you can buy one, buy one. That's the same with any graphics card these days, but...
2: Yeah, well, I mean, we did, even when we talked about it last time, there was a lot of head-scratching of like, "Ah, how does this make sense for gaming? I don't really get it, but I mean, maybe that's what this is, mining.
0: Yeah, and it's a good way to get miners to buy, you know, an older part, older process that they may have access to, so it could be good. I'm just, I just, that's interesting to me that... You know, we'll never know, but I would want to know. Like, you know, these were you got to figure they're sort of like turning knobs to make sure it doesn't compete too much with a thirty sixty in case things blow up, right? So suddenly, no one buys any any gaming, and then suddenly you can have those things flooding the market. But if it's it's sort of it's almost intentionally designed to be, you know, again focused for for
1: miners. So, yeah, that's why I found that Moore's laws is dead video. Very interesting. That came out a couple of days ago, actually. So before these benchmarks came out, that kind of corroborated that this is indeed a very, very good mining card.
2: Uh, R- friend of the show, Roo 2 says, uh,
0: NVIDIA is also saving on marketing, too. You
2: know, there you go. <laughs> so, win-win.
0: Yeah. Now I tell you, it's got to be like, you know, you're going to be a product manager or some things. And like, that's the thing you manage. And like, okay, when's our big announcement? Oh, you're not getting one. In fact, go ahead and edit the website yourself. Just change HTML and just say 20, 60, 12 g Just add 12G. That's it. Uh, search, replace, you're done. But where's my launch? Well, I've been working on this for six months. Where's my launch? That's like, g- that's like being the MX manager, let me tell you. Because like GeForce MX launches, like there's no MX GeForce MX launch. It's just simply somebody goes, we send an order down to the website. They put MX on there. It's like you talk about like no respect. Those GeForce <laughs> MX parts are like zero respect. They're play 26- outputs, and that's it. I just can't imagine what that's like. It's like you put. oh, you, oh. <laughs> Well, you thirty sixty team got like you know we had the big celebration. You had the, brought in the catering, and we did you know the they had the, an ice sculpture, the, ice sculpture shaped like a thirty sixty. <laughs> what do we get? Oh, nothing. He's like, no, you know. <laughs> you wake up that like, okay. I'm gonna like oh there's nothing there's nothing on the there
1: nobody's talking about it, <laughs> yeah but but yeah, like I was saying the uh last time, if this was really targeting ten eighty p gamers like to fix that problem, bumping it up to twelve g b wouldn't make any sense, but if it if they're intended for miners, it makes more sense do they they
0: generally need more more of a frame buffer for for mining i guess
1: uh you need at least six gigabytes to oh. do ethereum, so the more you have the better because it keeps getting bigger
0: hmm okay well again i i still think it's and uh, in, in the end it's it's a positive thing because mm-hmm. again you sort of like every single miner is gonna like instead of running at six, 36 is gonna go run after these you know then hopefully yep. hopefully uh well
2: uh also nvidia is trying to to run after arm and the ftc is running after nvidia is that what's going on Oh boy,
0: uh, brad In other nvidia related news <laughs>
1: Gordon actually wrote that story. So I oh, will let Gordon oh, talk about that day.
0: Yeah, that's the other sort of like really you know bad news, although that's – you never know because basically the, the the United States, the federal government, the Federal Trade Commission that enforces antitrust basically says we're also saying that we, we're going to sue NVIDIA to prevent NVIDIA from buying ARM because we think it will hurt innovation ultimately hurt consumers basically screws up everything for everybody because it gives them basically control over a a key technology that its competitors use. So we are going to step in and again, I will remind you that's in addition to the UK government stepping in China itself. is like, yeah, we're not so hot with this either. There's, there's an awful lot of regulators that are, are getting in the way. And, you know, I,
1: I always thought it was a long shot.
0: <laughs> it always felt like a long shot. But I mean, when you have the FTC and, you know, UK regulators and just everybody kind of getting in the way. And I know that uh, I read a, uh, somebody had, had done an interview with uh, Jensen and he says, like, he was, he sounded a little sort of like he's kind of blaming Qualcomm. He says, every regulator we went to, hmm. like, by the time we got there, Qual- not Qualcomm, but. Yeah, was it? He's a Qualcomm. I think he was kind of like pointing out. He said Qualcomm is already there basically talking. He was like, hey, this is going to kill us. You know, you, this is the same stuff we build our stuff on. You give to them. So he was sort of getting at like, yeah, th- there's a lot of uh, big dollar companies that are very much against this. So they are trying to get um, regulators to stop it. So um, it, it almost sounded like. They sort of see where the writing is in the wall. I know NVIDIA itself is like, no, this is ridiculous. We, their their boilerplate response is, we're buying ARM, and we're going to, look, we're NVIDIA. We're going to give it resources. We're going to make it the best thing ever. So how in the world, by making it the best thing ever, is that hurting consumers? If you're giving people a better product in the end, that ultimately
1: is better for everybody, right? So, You know... I honestly believe that they mean that. I've read some interviews with Jensen throughout all this, and he makes says stuff like that, and I honestly believe that NVIDIA could make ARM better, like, from a sheer technology perspective. But on the flip side of the coin, I can totally understand, like, ARM is, like, the backbone of a whole lot of the technology industry as a neutral party. Like, they're the backbone to Apple's chips, to Qualcomm, to Samsung, to stuff that you have in your smart home devices to everything and so for all these companies to go then our rival chip maker nvidia is going to be overseeing that and just be like oh we promise we're not going to use any of your information guys i can see why a lot of people have cold feet over it yeah no i mean even though it would i i have no doubt that nvidia could make arm even more technologically attractive
0: right um i you know of course the other argument Nvidia has made all along, ever since they announced this deal, is like, look, we we're not going to spend what is it like, is it forty billion dollars? I don't even know, like, because I, I stopped counting after maybe ten billion because it's just sort of like made up <laughs> at that point. We're not going to spend that much money and then ruin it. We're not going to like, there's no way because we want to make that money. We want to make it better. That's sort of been the you know the the company response to this because everybody clearly from to from Apple to well, Samsung in some ways, to to uh, to Qualcomm, nobody really wants to see it end up in NVIDIA's arms, right?
1: But I, I, Which stinks thinks is, where does that leave ARM? Yeah. SoftBank bought ARM. SoftBank is one of the biggest, you know, I'm not even sure what they are, like a technology venture company, not venture, but resource venture capital kind of a deal company. And they're like, we don't want ARM. So we're... Who is going to pay that much money for ARM and continue to have ARM succeed as an entity? Like, it's it, they're going to have to have some severe navel gazing or figure something out, like, as an industry, maybe. Because yeah. if you're not going to let a company buy ARM and use it, if they promise to continue to leave a firewalled, like, what, where does that leave ARM in the future?
0: Yeah, and I totally agree with you because I, I, at sort of at this point, like, we don't know if this is going to blow up. You would, you would certainly not put your money in Vegas on the the deal going through and them being able to buy it. I wouldn't. You never know because, frankly, there's plenty of deals that the FTC and regulators have lined up against that. In the end, they end up buying, right? Um, but I kind of wonder if ARM is damaged goods at this point. Because yeah, people be don't burn. think about that. But, like, who the hell? Because, you know, like SoftBank, they ain't no soft about that. They got tons of money, but they bought ARM. When they bought ARM at the time, it's like, oh, this is great. This is going to be like Rick's Bar in Casablanca. It's like going to be <laughs> neutral ground. Sopran goes like, hell no. You think we bought this to make it world a nicer place? Well, our company is called a bank. We like money. We want to, <laughs> we want to buy this thing, and their sell whole goal it is to get a, more money for a ten billion dollar profit. What the hell? You know, we're a bank. When, when the hell's the last time a bank has been friendly to you, right? <laughs> so they want to sell ARM at a profit. But I can tell you. People think, like, oh, well, maybe Apple can buy them. Apple has, was rumored to buy ARM.
1: You think anybody's going to, like, let Apple buy ARM? Hell no. You can't get down in and then let Samsung or Apple buy it. No, that no way. Not make
0: any sense. It's way worse. You're right. Qualcomm cannot buy it. Uh, no one could buy it. Samsung cannot buy it. Intel certainly couldn't buy it. So who the hell is going to buy it? Like, Microsoft? Like, could you, would like, oh, we're a neutral party. We don't care. Like, hey, we make software... Same thing, right? I mean, but like, your SoftBank's like, who the hell am I going to sell to you, McDonald's? You know, because it's like it's got to be somebody so outside the business, like, isn't like you figured a McDonald's bought ARM, they were just like, yeah, we're we're putting them on the, you know, you get a McNugget and you got a, a chip in it. <laughs> but I mean, I just kind of wonder like, what's going to happen to ARM now? Because SoftBank, it's a bank; they want their money, they want their billions of dollars from a deal. So who the hell can they sell to at this point? So Meta, either, Meta. You could almost argue if you were Nvidia, like, look. This haven't gone so far. They've already agreed to this. If you blow this up, you will have hurt innovation for everybody, because now where's Arm going to go? Where are they going to get funding from? They're basically damaged goods, unless you sell them to Arby's. Like it's not gonna, it's
1: not going to go anywhere. So you might as well let us buy them, right? So uh, I would love to see Arm buy Arby's on every <laughs> iPhone, though. That'd be great. <laughs>
2: uh, uh, Old timey boy gave us a two dollar super chat. Said Blackstone should buy Arm. Yeah, Blackstone <laughs> owns IDG. Uh, well, F- but,
0: the
1: other thing too is I I, I, w- I was just thinking about I this. Just, you're, you're talking about Microsoft. I just before you get too far away from there, can you imagine how absolutely pissed Intel would be if Microsoft bought Arm? <laughs> or, yeah. or
2: AMD
0: too. Uh, AMD and yeah. the the Xbox. I mean, yeah, the Microsoft makes hardware. It does make you wonder because I mean, Microsoft is so a look. We sell ninety five percent of our products. Well, on PCs and, and server operating systems on for on x86. x86. We're yep. the perfect, we're Rick's bar, right? We can be neutral, we don't you know, we want to make, and frankly that increases the competition with uh, Intel and AMD. They they need to step it up and us owning ARM would do that because, you know, that that would that would be crazy, but you know uh, Dominic Wong,
2: friend of the show says uh, SoftBank could do an IPO and relist it again on the stock market. I yeah. <laughs>
0: Could but here's the other thing, too, is if this deal, I mean, remember, SoftBank says, hey, you want to buy ARM? Jensen's like, yeah, sure. Let me just write you a check. Yeah, let's do it. Handshake, have a beer. And then, of course, everybody got in the way. What do you think? Here's the other problem, I think. What do you think Apple and Samsung and Qualcomm are thinking? It's like this deal, if we successfully prevented this deal from going through, if. That's an if, right? What the hell is it? Who, SoftBank doesn't care about trying to, like, maintain this, you know, neutrality for us. They want to make money. We can't buy it because, obviously, I mean, I don't. So then you know that they're every single one of them are looking for exits because if Arm did get sold to somebody long term, they, they need an out. So, uh, you know. What consortium? Would
1: a consortium work here, you think? Like, they all group together, and invest? I have no idea. I
0: don't know, but isn't yeah. that more of a danger? Because now you have, you know, you've already got these tech giants that now control. Remember, it's not just simply that it goes into Galaxy and iPhones and iPads. It goes into some POS, you know, $5 Brothers IoT device, right? Yeah. You really want this consortium controlling all of that? And it just, I don't know. I just don't know. And frankly, I don't know enough about... How ARM works and all that, but I just kinda wonder you know, long term you gotta figure every single company's got they 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 have stepped up plans for an exit strategy. Like Apple has always had famously exit strategies. They got out of power, they got out X eighty six, and you know they have a way to get out of ARM too, because they're not gonna wanna be beholden to anybody. So
2: mm-hmm. you wanna talk about the 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 biggest purchase uh going on in the no, world?
1: No, no, I don't I don't i have one more bit of nvidia news oh please, oh. please NVIDIA uh news. so just while we're talking about nvidia news it's i'm ad-libbing this adam didn't know it was coming uh today or it was yesterday that it happened uh the what just about gpus uh nvidia cfo said that they hope to be better supplied by the second half of 2022 so by the end of next year they hope to be in a better place uh that's a while. That's a ways away, obviously. So that kind of stinks. And I would just say, since all this started, they all the companies have just basically been pushing these estimates out six months every time. So I don't put a lot of stock into it. But Nvidia says they hope to be better in six plus months.
0: Oh, huh. I also hope. That's not what I expected. I actually expected um, Brad to talk about GeForce now and the 1080P deal <laughs> because. A 3080 tier. You mean. Well, 3080 tier that's, because we haven't had a... Don't we have to have, like, maintain, like... If we don't mention GeForce Now in the last... It's uh, got to be in every single uh, podcast. Otherwise, that's, like...
1: That's two in a row, I got to say. I'm not the one who brought it up. Yeah, yeah, say. but it's
0: because we have to mention it because no, it's like don't. a thing now. We don't. We definitely don't. That's why I wanted Elena on to explain her <laughs> GPU purchase for her Black Friday PC. But. <laughs> yes. Uh, so instead, we're going to talk
2: about the, the other major uh purchase going on in the world uh
0: jack in the box has bought del taco gordon did you know that yeah i was talking about it this morning i found out this morning it was an early morning slack conversation at work and i was like i think it it well one i will tell you you know i like del taco because they have a consistent good taco they don't for a fast food taco it's pretty hard to find a bad one whereas taco bell sometimes is like is like down at like negative 1 all the way up to 9 right so they can they can be really good and really really bad yeah but i also of course in when you're looking at this youtube video in in 15 years when i'm probably not going to be here you'll go like <laughs> what killed gordon those jack in the box tacos oh <laughs> because those jack in the box tacos are like it's like you take a taco and you put it in a deep fryer. That is really like how they make their tacos. So they take the taco stuff, they wrap it, wonderful. and then they fry it, and you get this oily mess with a um, a, a meat like substance inside. It's a paste. It's actually a paste. It's actually it doesn't even look close to what like ground beef substance that the other places use, which is probably artificial too. But they try to make that look like beef. So the Jack in a Box taco is just like a paste. But you take something and you put cheese on it and you deep fry it with a meat paste. Can't argue with that. It's really good. Can't argue with that. Well, I, uh, unfortunately, one of
2: the only Del Tacos in the Bay Area had shut down. So hopefully now that with this maybe
0: purchase, uh, they're going to open up some more. I, I, I need one in Oakland. Gordon. Do you think they would take a, a Del Taco and then fry it? And then I just it has to be. I don't know. It's the amount of oil and the paste that makes it special and deadly. I don't know.
1: Having lived on the East Coast forever, I've never eaten a Jack in the Box or Del Taco. Did they have Jack in the Box back there? Not, at least in Florida and New England. Huh.
0: Wow, yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm not a huge Jack in the Box fan person. Really? Yeah. I you know, so the crazy thing about Jack in the Box, so, you know, typically you go to McDonald's. How many things you got on your menu? Eight things. Actually, in the morning, we used to be like we got three things, that's it. Or you know, <laughs> they you go to like <laughs> Burger King, the there's thing. like it's a very limited menu, like for fast food because it's supposed to be fast, you know. We it takes, you know, cuz it takes if you had an extra 20 seconds to microwave it, that's not good. Jack in the Box has got everything. They got like tacos, they got burgers, they got bowls. They're like, oh, with well, chicken sandwiches hot, we got that too now. Like, how the hell? Like, you go to Jack in the Box, the menu is like 95 items. There's stuff you've never even heard of. And it's just because they deep fry it, but everything is like let's just fry it they're like what i mean it's it's the place for stoners to go that's for sure uh <laughs>
2: so, but we got some r- real questions uh now is the time to get in your questions uh either in the chat uh at pc world or um uh, if you're listening to this later, watching this later, go over to our Discord. We have a channel called Full Nerd Questions. Get it in there. Uh,
0: hopefully, I'll read it on the show. Uh, Last fact about Jack in a Box. Oh, please. So about 20 years ago, they ended up having a problem where they killed a bunch of people with their food. Yes, yeah, I remember that. Yes, <laughs> yes. I, I know a lot of people say, "Oh, this is really bad for the brand." For me, it was wonderful because when you're in brand rebuilding mode, it's like, "How much is this Super Taco?" Well, it's two for a dollar, right? You get like six. You can get five for like three dollars. It was insane. Like we're just giving them out. Yeah, they killed people, but they're not killing people now. Mostly, I mean, except long term when it blocks your your arteries. But that was a, that was a good time.
2: Uh, yeah, actually, my, my parent, when that happened, my parents stopped going to Jack in the Box. Maybe that's why
0: I don't have an affinity for it. I just, come I, on. I, I, people are like, that's the safest time. You know, like anytime something <laughs> yeah. goes bad, that is the safest time with anything. It's like, oh my God, this killed a bunch of people. Well, you know, they like, oh, lawsuits are coming. You need to fix this. Those other companies, do you think that's like, it's just safer or it's just, they just simply haven't killed anybody yet? So it's the safest time after an incident like that uh definitely uh well we got
2: a a, a $15 super chat uh back on topic uh $15 super chat from friend of the show mike quinton uh said or asked if the 25 percent tariff were lifted would gpu prices drop 25 percent
1: i don't think they would drop 25 percent no but i think they would probably drop some percentage it's yeah. way too. Everything's way too complicated right now. Like it would not drop twenty five percent whatsoever. No. These companies are all making their money right now.
0: Yeah. Well, they're not really. Yeah. They're they're going to take some profit taking, but you'd imagine it would over
1: time come down. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So. Yeah. But not in the near term.
2: Uh. <laughs> uh. B Mosh over on uh, on YouTube said the. Uh, uh, over at the Civic Center, a Del Taco replaced Burger King. Would you go?
0: I think they would have to. It's one of those because that that Burger King, you would have to like seal it up and like, you would have to burn like you know whatever. Yeah, nuke some, it from orbit. You'd have to burn everything. Yeah, you would literally have to nuke it from orbit. I think for that place to come back because that was like it was a it was a it was a BK that had not been cleaned in in literally decades. So.
2: Uh, anyway, sorry that that was funny. Um, okay, uh, I'm gonna go over to Discord, uh, get some questions over there that have been have been sitting. Uh, whoops! Uh, great, 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 mighty dad. Uh, I think this is what I'm reading here. Uh, question regarding TMP and Windows 11. So with BitLocker, I have to be mindful with my encryption keys if I swap out my CPU. With Windows 11 TPM requirements, will I have to take similar precautions swapping out a CPU on an existing Windows 11 installation with keys stored in the TPM else risking hosing my system?
0: Uh, Yes, you will also have to do the same thing because that actually happened to me swapping parts out for the Alder Lake review where every time, interestingly, I didn't investigate how to to correct it, but every time I booted to, uh, I had Swapping drives, I had to enter the the uh, encryption key every time. It was a pain. I'm sure there was a way to correct it eventually, but I didn't really want to screw around with it too much. So, yes, you you definitely should make sure you have those backed up, which is what a Microsoft account is good for. Yeah, definitely. <laughs>
2: uh, Boz had asked, uh, Do you think DDR5 will become available anytime soon after waiting 10 months for 3080? that in the end got canceled and refunded by the retailer, I decided to upgrade to Z690 Uh, instead. But with DDR5 being in stock nowhere, I'm not sure if I should buy a motherboard and CPU if waiting for memory for all I know can take until Intel launches Z790.
1: You are having rough luck.
0: Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, no, I would wait because that's... uh, I don't think it will become uh, available anytime soon, which is like it's December, right? I don't think it's going to change until at least next quarter. I don't. I haven't talked to anybody to see what they're hearing from people of what the forecasts are, but it's going to be terrible. And you got to you got to figure there's a lot of mouths to feed because the big OEMs are pushing all their with DDR5 in some build. so they want memory. Everybody wants it, and then you know you may have to compete with laptops coming with it. So I, I think, and this is not unusual. Memory transitions are always the most painful of all transitions on the PC. Uh, ask Rambus about that. Um, it's it's gonna go on for a long time, and then one day you it will be like, "Holy smokes! I can get sixty four gigs of DDR five for one hundred and fifty dollars." You won't remember it, but that's a long ways away. Yeah, bummer.
2: Uh, pyro cumulus. Uh, I think that's how you say it. Uh, asked over on Discord. Consumer DDR five has partial ECC uh, error correcting. What is that? A? Error-correcting code. code. Error-correcting uh, code, I think. Yeah. Uh, do you expect full ECC to come to DDR5 once Sapphire Rapids launches?
0: Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, for memory, for servers, workstations where they, they need full ECC, it'll definitely be there. Um, and again, uh, go to Dr. Ian Kutcher's Tech Tech Potatoes channel. He's got a wonderful video explaining this. ECC is only internal to the RAM. Mo- and, you know, that's not done because... For the crowd that says, oh, everything's got to be ECC, and you know who you are. It's really done because they're pushing such densities. And they really need the ECC to even make the memory work. So if they didn't have ECC, they couldn't hit the densities and the speeds and everything they could. So hmm. it basically, the ECC is internal to the module. Once you leave it, there's no ECC between the CPU and, and the module. But, yeah, you can imagine for servers, workstations where they demand it, Government some government contracts specify you have to have
1: ECC. Uh, So it will be there. Since you mentioned Ian, uh, I wasn't able to join that episode. But as a person outside of my job here at PC World, as someone who just loves computers and technology and reads everything in general, like having you and Ian sitting here talking about Alder Lake for an hour and a half live the day that the Alder Lakes review came out, that was like the coolest thing I have watched in a while. (laughs) So if you guys missed that episode, go check it out yeah no it's it's great being and
0: i love and i'll tell you i love taking meetings with ian because then he asks the smart questions and i get to (laughs) gain from the smart questions like oh i never would have thought of that that's
2: funny uh friend of the show dark helmet asked uh, i was looking at monitor prices and the price difference between 1080p and 1440p monitors is very low i'm I'm not quite sure what they're looking at uh at what point do you think 1080p will no longer be the standard resolution
0: for gaming benchmarks cpu benchmarks oh for cpu benchmarks i i don't think it's going to change for the foreseeable future because remember high refresh rate are you really going to be pushing 1440p at 500 hertz so those will most likely be 1080p because realistically and it's not going to happen so i think we really have i think you just will simply have a choice on both and frankly for reviewers i only look at cpus it just makes it convenient there was a day where you didn't even have to care, and I will say this, when you did a CPU review 15 years ago, the, the gaming benchmarks were cursory. It didn't really make a difference, and then it's only really become a, a deal, especially at 1080p when Ryzen launched, because clearly the original Ryzen was not stellar at
1: 1080p gaming. So, hmm. I, I got to tell you, I don't think 1440p will ever be the standard. Really? I think... Ever. Nope. I think 1080p looks fine on standard laptops and most office monitors. Uh, 1440p, uh, this year, they became a bigger deal in gaming laptops, because NVIDIA helped push that. Uh, just last year, uh, Jared Newman, one of our freelancers, did an awesome piece uh, talking about why are there no 1440p laptops. And it all has to do with volumes of scale. Because the uh, Display manufacturers make 1080p panels and 4K panels for TVs, and TVs are much higher volume for scale. And 1440p panels aren't just limited to PCs, they're limited pretty much to gaming PCs. Like, I don't think there's a lot of office workers going like, oh man, I need a 1440p panel. I think one day 4K might become the standard, but I don't think that 1440p ever will. Hmm. But you should get it. I think it's the sweet spot for gaming, like 1440p is where it's at. But I just don't think it'll ever become the standard. You know, I, I'm going to disagree. I take- I'm I'm going to
0: disagree, Brad. And I will say that I do agree. Yeah, nobody ever like, oh, good Lord, how long do it take to move off of, you know, 720p, right? It takes forever, but I think it will eventually happen. And I think that's largely based on, you know, seeing 1440p exist at all on on gaming laptops and also the other thing that i i've noticed in a lot of laptops is sixteen ten aspect ratio right because everybody ever since we went to this stupid ass 16 sorry uh disney 16 16 nine aspect ratio mm-hmm. and i just like he's like why are we running these stupid narrow screens for i like give me four three and you know laptop makers would never say why but you know sometimes they're like you know look I remember talking to a very large OEM and like, why the hell are we stuck with these lousy, stupid aspect ratios that just don't work for what you do in a laptop? They're like, look, um, we basically, sadly, this is, this is a conversation six years ago. They're like, sadly, panel makers, they don't give a damn about the IT industry. They care about TVs. They care about, you know, basically we're, we get the leftovers. So if they're not making stuff, um, in these other aspect ratios in, at these higher resolutions, we're not going to get it. And we're not going to pay for it because you are not going to pay for it. If we paid for it, we can't charge Apple Microsoft pricing because that's what they do. That's why Apple and Microsoft have always had sort of that. They've been ahead in aspect ratios for a lot of them. And that really has changed over the last maybe two years. Where it's like, I was like, cause I've been asking every vendor is like, what the hell is, you, I, you all told me years ago, and this is not going to happen because of the, you know, you basically the leftovers. And a lot of them were saying that a lot of the panel makers, they care what's happening with IT. It's sort of like, it's sort of important. And then there you get these like, you're getting sort of like screens in different places. Like they always cared about what the, the TV makers made, but now it's like, hey, you know what? Tesla doesn't want a stupid 1080p panel. They want, they want 1440p. Right. They want this aspect ratio. So we're getting all kinds of different aspect ratios that pe- mm. other people are investing money on. And then mm. the volume people can step in and sort of buy the extras. So that's I think Interesting. I think long term it'll happen. I mean, it's like 720p is 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 dead. But I guess I can also agree with Brad that it's so far away that never is probably also <laughs> realistic. <to> me.
2: So. <laughs>
1: Oh. I I we I have been seeing a lot more sixteen ten laptops these days though, which is great. So <laughs> yeah, no, and 16, options sixteen ten,
0: uh, you know sixteen hundred p panels, and that's just I'm it's really amazing, right? Because it for years and years and years and years, this stupid thing is a sixteen nine. It's just it's just a lousy aspect ratio, and now everybody suddenly has it. So maybe uh, well, maybe.
2: Well, i I can't find it um, I thought it was on the steam hardware survey, but don't don't they list like the the asp or the 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 pixel the, density or not I'm sorry yeah
1: the resolution
2: resolution yeah uh, it's it's still largely huh
0: nineteen
1: by well,
2: ten well no i was i was just wondering if which is higher seven twenty p or fourteen forty p i can't i can't find it in here
0: oh uh, that's i bet seven twenty p is still higher yeah. Uh
1: yeah, I, keep I, talking. I'll find it and yeah, get back to you. Yeah. I do wish the Steam survey was a little more reliable though. So primary display resolution. Here we go. Uh where is it? Windows oh, 1920 by 1080 is the most with 69%. Uh gotta reason this make a joke. Uh 4K is zero point four. Oh, uh 1440 P is no, I I read that wrong. 4K is 2.4, 1440p <laughs> is 9%. Oh. Uh 720p okay. is down to 0.3%. Holy well smokes. Done. Wow. Well See? It, it'll take so by the
0: year <laughs> 2020 2031, 1080p might actually be down to like, you know, 5% maybe.
2: Yeah. I, you know, yeah, I but, honestly I thought fourteen forty P was would be
0: lower than that. That's not that's not too bad. It's yeah.
2: not I, too But shabby. I tell
1: you what, that's what I'm telling you. It's it's gamers, man. It that's nine percent for fourteen forty P, which has been viable for way longer than four K and four K is already up to a third of that. Yeah. So True. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely.
0: Four, well Wow. That's nine percent. That is that's impressive. That does feel like surprised. the, yeah. I mean, it is an awesome resolution if you have a big enough panel. So I'm a big fan of it. Although, frankly, 1600p is. I'd rather. I prefer taller rather than. So. Uh, uh
1: okay. 1600p is 0.7 percent. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. 0.7 and, <laughs> yeah. What? What's... And it was 9.07 for 1440p. And what's
0: 4K? That's 2? two. Two point four <laughs> five. Whew. And the funny thing is, like, 1600p panels have been out of production for like five years. So that's, but no, nobody ever gives up, you know, a refrigerator. Why would you, why would you junk it? Yeah. It's funny. I was thinking, like, oh, maybe I'll buy my kids, uh, new monitors that are high refresh and, like, oh, 1440p? No, because then it'd be like, you can't push it. So. Uh, a couple
2: more fun questions before we get out of here Uh friend of the show Ziv asks who would win in a battle 1,000 5th graders or one lightsaber wielding Gordon <laughs> <laughs> oh man
0: that's I don't even know why
2: cause well and, and old timey boy follows up uh, ask Gordon where the younglings
0: are no cause you you don't you don't I will tell you I will lose I would tell you cause you think oh well lightsaber that whole Jedi thing no, because, and you don't, you know, fifth graders, you know what the, the, the eye hand coordination of a fifth grader is? You've ever watched them play <laughs> a video game like Valorant or Counter-Strike? It's like, you know, you'd be like, yeah, I got my, wait, hey, where to go? Like, I didn't, there's like no way you would ever, 1,000 fifth graders could like, uh, you could defeat, I don't know, any, any country in the world if you had 1,000 fifth graders like, properly trained, because, like, it's just, like... The, properly trained. You just, like, that hand-eye coordination is, like, then you... Oh, that's just scary. That's just scary. And I mean, then they will swear at you, and like, oh, my God, you're in the fifth grade. You shouldn't uh, be using this language. L-
2: Lindsay says they'll, they'll floss and distract you. It'll, it'll, they'll, like, put you in a trance.
0: Could you imagine they, uh, that? That three-card money would be, like... You couldn't even see it. The hands would be, like...
1: Because, man, I'm watching these kids play games. like, damn... I just think the Ewoks managed to take down the Empire, and fifth graders are an awful lot like Ewoks, with less hair, and they could definitely take down one dude with a lightsaber, even if it is Gordon. Yeah,
0: no, definitely. That's just like not even compare that whole. What did the stormtrooper armor even stop? Because they were like dropping them with like arrows, where the bows were only like this long, and they would hit them with rocks. It's like, what is the stormtrooper armor? What does it do exactly? I mean. You know?
2: I don't know. You had to make a lot of them. You had to make it cheap, too. Uh, mass production, that's what it is. Uh, last question is a $5 super chat from a uh, friend of the show, Lindsey Murray. Uh said, uh, um, what do you call the drink when you mix all the sodas from the soda machine?
0: Sacrilege. Wow. Yeah, because that's... You didn't have a name for it? Oh, did I, I have did a name that. for it? I'd yeah. only
1: ever mix two, and then I would come up with a name for the two like if i mix uh, sprite and cherry coke i never if you mix all of them that's gnarly man
2: yeah well and people in the chat were talking about this Lindsay uh had had asked this earlier and people in the chat were talking about it but yeah i also i, <laughs> I think this got brought up because uh i told her that i was the guy in high school that we would put a cup in the middle of the table and we'd we'd all go out, out to eat and i'd ask somebody to put it something from their the, their
0: meal in the cup and then i would be the one to drink it uh. of course that's what every single that's what every yeah and you think you're going to compete with that fifth grader where they're showing one cup among 600 fifth graders no you are not going to compete with that like that army would be like unstoppable right they would just line up outside the Seven Eleven, and they would just like use the same big gulp cup as like no you're not competing with that like it runs on nothing it runs on five dollars
2: right uh well the the answer that uh some people are some people make the joke that you call it diabetes Uh, yeah that's a good one uh (laughs) uh, somebody Murray's tech time called it swamp water uh it's not bad um the end called it cotton candy mike brazone called it sludge uh ralph
1: i'm I'm from i'm from the south uh where slizzard is a term uh Uh and i don't really like it but I don't know. I kind of like it for the ultra, ultra soda combo. I I would call that a slizzard.
2: Huh. Okay. Well, the, the, the one that, that the majority of the chat, including myself, uh, called it was suicide. That was, <laughs> it was called suicide, even though,
0: I mean, that's whatever. It's just soda mixed together. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I just think it's, pr- I mean, just, you know, it never tastes good, I, but it doesn't taste bad. Yeah, it does. Yeah. If I mean, I mean, believe me, if Coca-Cola, if they like, what are we making for our new flavor? Well just mix it all and put it in a can, <laughs> that flavor does not sell. Like the we put
1: everything in one can flavor?
2: No. Uh, listen, There's a reason listen, why
1: I, it's a fixed I, flavor. I agree with Adam. I agree with that. I think it doesn't necessarily taste bad but it doesn't taste good yeah it doesn't taste
2: good no it doesn't taste <laughs> good no uh what is that what is that one drink that people always go to the the coca-cola factory and and have that you know they have the drinks all all around the world and there's there's that one drink that uh, nobody nobody ever likes but you gotta taste it i i had it I, aquafina no that's not I, I can't remember anyway it it tastes uh suicides taste better than that awesome. uh but yeah <sighs> there 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 is a drink i i can't remember. Uh, a be- Beverly Beverly that's what it is it's called Beverly maybe swill (laughs) uh and Lindsay says tastes like perfume uh (laughs) yeah no yeah Beverly I would take a suicide over Beverly yeah uh, also old timey boy gives us five more dollars says, uh, Gordon over there with his refined city folk palette.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to do one, but you know, I'm not, and I'm going to put a lot of ice in it too. Like you put a lot of ice in it now cause you get to, well, you know what, actually th- this
2: makes me think, you know, we, we have, we have our episode. Uh, episode, uh, you know, where where we end of the year, we do our predictions and we look over the predictions from last year. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll I'll go get a suicide and and I'll dip, dip my paper in, in that. Uh, uh, Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Anyway, that's it.
0: That's it. Let's let's get us out of here. Gordon. We've got stuff to do. Check back next week for your fix of PC talk on the full nerd for audio listeners. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google play, Spotify, or Stitcher. And please leave us a review. Every time you do, Jack in a box will deep fry a soft drink slizzard. <laughs> Same questions and comments to the full nerd at dot com. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Rung with Brad Charkas. Adios. And Adam Patrick Murray is going to hit the off switch.
2: Now I'm thirsty. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you. We'll see you later. Bye.